Welcome to the Indie Game Development Podcast. We tackle the challenges of indie game development head on from the technical to the emotional and talk about the secrets to conquering self-doubt on your journey to crafting games people will love. Subscribe so you never miss another episode and if you haven't already, give us a rating and review so that this podcast gets shared with more people. We'd really, really appreciate it. Ready? Let's go. Hey guys, welcome and today I want to talk about why does it take so long to make games. And they do, they take a really long time to make. Maybe you've had friends and family asking about your progress and you keep feeling like you're giving the same answers. Maybe not, I don't know. I don't know you and I don't know your life. If you are working on a game, I hope this episode is gonna validate you and your journey. And if you have friends and family who keep pestering you about your game and when it'll be done, just actually just send them here to this podcast and I'll set them straight. So maybe you browse around on YouTube and watch game dev stuff on there. And maybe you've seen videos called like, I made a game in 72 hours, or I made a game in 24 hours, or even I made a game in 10 minutes. And it can make it seriously confusing as to why, if you can make a game in just 10 minutes, why does it seem to take years to make one that'll ultimately be priced cheaper than a good coffee mug? And while welcome to game development, I heard a quote recently that said, indie game dev where the first 90% of the work takes 90% of the time and the last 10% also somehow takes 90% of the time. Why? Let's get into it. So what does a finished game actually need from a development standpoint? It needs a story or an objective with an interesting beginning, middle, and end. It needs graphics, it needs code, and it needs sound and music. And at the very core, that's what's needed, right? So on the surface, especially if you aren't doing it yourself, it can sound like making games isn't actually that hard. Maybe with a good plan, you can crank one out in a year, maybe even less, right? It sounds kind of reasonable. But that is almost never how it plays out. And one of the reasons is because of iterating. I like using Stardew as an example just because so many people are familiar with it. So look at Stardew. Literally just about everything that you see in that game, visually speaking, has been made and remade and remade many, many times. Eric Barone was just a guy with very little art skills and a computer science degree. He started making that game with placeholder graphics from other games, and he just learned over time how to do pixel art through pure trial and error and thousands and thousands of hours of practice. Making video games is an art, and art is not just slapped together and called done. It's iterated on. You could spend months painting the perfect sunset, trying to get all the colors just right, making sure the lighting hits the trees just right, just to convey the right mood. And video games are no different. There are a lot of reasons for this, but a big part of it is because you, as a developer, are going to get better and better the longer you work on your project. And as the months go by, you'll likely end up running into something that you made six months ago or longer and be like, ew, <laughs> right? I can do better now. Everything is going to be iterated on. Just about everything you see in any game you can possibly think of, every mechanic, any art style, anything. It's likely been made and then tweaked and then retweaked. The first major boss fight in Hollow Knight, The False Knight, has a sprite sheet with over 125 individual frames on it. That is a lot of art, and there are 47 different bosses in that game. Now imagine drawing those animations by hand, frame by frame, and iterating and tweaking and revising 47 different times, and that's just the bosses of the game. There's over 150 enemies and over 15 unique areas in the game that all need unique environment art. And this is 
literally just sprite art that we're talking about. You can apply the same thing with dialogue and story and code and design. And honestly, you know what? Sometimes you can spend all this time iterating and still in the end, that piece of content, whatever it is, it doesn't make it into your game. Another reason it takes so long to make games is because of scrapped work. You could dump hundreds of hours into an entire section of your game only to realize that it somehow it doesn't work or it doesn't fit into your game. And so by the end, you're going to likely have piles of work that no one ever sees. It never sees the light of day. This is an art, just like writers have to deal with making their book bleed, just like movies have their deleted scenes and countless shots that are never used. Sometimes you have to kill your darlings, which is a creepy ass quote that I came across online. But essentially, in any artistic medium, I think this quote was meant for writers specifically, but it still applies here. You're going to have characters or story or mechanics or something that you, as a developer, really, really love, but ultimately it just doesn't fit into your project. And so you need to scrap it. Stardew's creator got feedback from playtesters that there should be more options for your barn animals. So at one point during that game's development, he added in the option to butcher your farm animals. So now you've got a choice. You can collect and sell milk products, or you can butcher them and sell beef. Now, I can imagine that this would have been a lot of work to implement, and yet he did do it because it did kind of make sense from a game design perspective, but that feature was ultimately scrapped because Eric Barone didn't like it. He didn't feel like it fit with his cozy game feel. Hollow Knight had multiple charms, dialogue, enemies, NPCs, abilities like backdashing and dream diving and swimming, as well as the entire Forest of Bones area that all got cut from the final game. As a developer, you have a vision of what you want your final product to look like, and there will be things that you put a lot of work into that ultimately no one but you sees. That's just a part of the game when you're making games. Another reason it takes so long to make games is because everything is linked to everything. Shovel Knight, when it was first released, one of their stretch goals was that they promised to create more playable characters for their game. And so they got to work and they started creating more playable characters. And of course, these new characters, they have to be different and unique from your main character. It can't just be different art with the same mechanics. That's really boring. So they were given unique movesets and abilities. But once that happened, it became really apparent to Yacht Club Games that these characters, they would not work well in the regular game levels because those levels were designed specifically for the main Shovel Knight character. So after designing all these new characters, they then had to build new levels on top of everything else they already had to do, which ended up costing a lot more money and a lot more time. You can read all about this in Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, which is a really fantastic book that I would recommend any aspiring game developer read. But things don't just mash together in games. Ask any designer. Specific things are made for other specific things. Bosses in Hollow Knight move and attack the way that they do because of how the knight was designed, because of how the knight's movement was designed. The bosses are designed around the knight's movesets. And you can't always plan for stuff like this because when you're making a game, you're trying to make something that is fun. And what's fun is not only highly subjective, everyone has a different idea of what fun is, but sometimes it also plays out very, very differently in reality than what you pictured in your head or what you planned out on paper. Video games have this extra element that other art mediums don't really have to worry about, and it's how the game feels. 
And you can't always just jot something down on paper and plan something out and then have it come out fun and feeling good. That's where the iterating and tweaking and sometimes ultimately scrapping stuff comes in because you're trying to make something fun and something you thought might be fun no matter what you did or what you changed just didn't come out that way in the end. It happens. Another reason games take so long is because of optimization. You know, you might play some game demo or watch a game trailer and think like, whoa, this feels like a finished game. And it can be tempting to think they're almost done. They have to almost be done. How much longer could it possibly take for them to finish this game? But you don't know what's going on in the mind of that developer who made that demo. Chances are they hate a hundred aspects of that demo and all they see is a big mess of stuff that needs to be fixed or changed. Demos and trailers and vertical slices of games are very, very good at covering up issues, but that doesn't mean that the issues are not there. And one of the things that can really hinder a game's progress is poor optimization. This can happen from a lighting perspective, an art perspective, a code perspective. It really depends on what kind of game you're making as well. If you're making a 3D game and you just have dynamic real-time lights sprinkled all over your scene, that is drastically going to hinder the game's performance. Why? Because your PC has to calculate bounce lighting and shadows and all kinds of crap in order to properly render those lights. You could have a beautiful scene filled with all sorts of interesting gameplay and things to do, but you have one asset in your scene and you duplicate it all over the place, like let's a rock, for example. If that rock has too many faces or too many vertices or too much detail, then it's going to slow your scene down. If you're instantiating and destroying every single projectile or bullet in your shooter game, then that's really going to affect the performance of your game until you switch things to an object pooling system. Even if you don't know what that means, it doesn't matter because the point is that just because something works in your game, it doesn't mean that it's done. There is an invisible level of polish that every game needs that's invisible to the consumer, but without it, your game will not run well, even on high-end PCs. Now, the final reason I want to talk about in terms of why does it take games so long to make is self-doubt. Every game developer deals with an overwhelming amount of self-doubt. I promise you that making a game, it's not an easy task, and every single developer out there has to fight off thoughts that they're not good enough to make a game. I am generally on a roller coaster of emotions from one day to the next. I try to keep an optimistic mindset, and even though it, it's a little bit cheesy or whatever, I do a lot of positive self-talk. And the reason that I do that is because when I'm stuck on a problem or I'm trying to make something and I'm struggling to figure out how to make it, my brain starts talking. I hear that little voice in my head that calls me an idiot and things like, you're not going to make it. You're no one. You have no experience. You have no computer science degree. You're just a wannabe. Why are you even trying? But I also do the positive self-talk because I take self-doubt seriously if anything is going to slow me down with making games, it is self-doubt. There are literally a million things to do in order to finish a great game. And if I'm doubting myself every single step of the way, then I'm probably never going to finish. Or I'll sure as hell procrastinate and take way, way longer than I could. And I have to imagine that every single indie developer goes through very similar struggles. So if you're a developer, I hope you found this validating and helpful. And if you are a family member of someone making a game, then show them some love and support because they're doing something monumentally difficult and they could use your support. What else can I say? <laughs> Games take a while to make, but I can't think of anything that is also more gratifying in the entire world. Making games is absolutely amazing. 
If you loved this episode and you haven't already left a rating and review, please consider doing that now because it really helps the podcast grow and reach more awesome people like yourself. Thanks so much.